The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. Welcome to another exciting issue of the Major Spoilers podcast, the weekend edition. Rodrigo is with us again, as is Matthew, and I'm your uh, Stephen. I'm your Stephen for the show. <laughs> the weekend show, I think, is best described as a sorbet. A really? sorbet to clear the palate for the awesome critical hit. Yes, definitely, and uh, uh, we definitely have that coming up next in your podcast feed, if you're so following the podcast feed. Yep. Or depending on where you're you're at. What's wrong with you? Exactly. Come on. So um, I know this is a topic that we've discussed before, but there was an interesting thing that happened over the last couple of weeks in a cartoon that I watched that brought it up again, Mm -hmm. and that's the idea of superheroes, super monsters, Godzilla, King Kong, whatever, uh, having a fight and literally obliterating a city. Right. And the fact about all of this property damage that occurs. Mm-hmm. And how do we deal with that? And I know we've talked about this before. How do they deal with it in the Marvel universe? Um damage control. Yeah. They do it they they also every once in a while damage control. Also like every once in a while entire arcs of She-Hulk will revolve around things like that. Okay. Uh, and again, not reading Marvel, I don't know. It seems like in DC they kind of pass on that, although you will see the JSA or the JLA helping to clean up and fix something. But, yep. you know, it's really cool to see a, an epic fight in, in the Justice League animated series where uh, Darkseid, you know, who's the ultimate bad guy of all ultimate bad guys, punches simply Superman punches Superman, and he, pa- he punches through like 15 buildings all the way through Metropolis. And then he gets up and he throws a bus at, at Darkseid, and he ducks, and it, and it lands into a cafe. We never see anybody getting injured, but I'm always curious about the property value, and you know, you know in the back of your mind when you're reading these comic books or you're watching these shows on television, somebody is getting killed just right. from just accidental crossfire. Yep. Okay, and and none nowhere is that ever dealt with. Now there's a new. I think te- that Marvel. Go ahead. Marvel was pretty disingenuous about that a few years ago when uh, Amadeus Cho revealed that the Hulk has never killed anyone. Yeah. Because supposedly Bruce Banner's super genius brain is so super geniusy, and you know, master of geometry, and you know, he should go play pool or something. That he, the Hulk, could knock down a building in such a manner as to not injure anybody. With all, you know, knock down a five-story building and everybody inside right. walks out unscathed, yep. and nobody's hurt. I don't believe that. That was what they implied. They said that in all of the Hulk's rampages, no one had ever been killed. Now that is a total retcon. I can tell you right now, but well, especially it because was one they took the old like, Banner series and made it canon, right? Yeah, you know when they when Banner came out and it was awesome and it was gritty and people were like, "This is what I want out of my Hulk." They were like, "Okay, well it's canon now." You know where the Hulk run, actually rampages through a town and kills people. Well, I, I just it, it as I've gotten older and I look at these things and have own property and, and these kinds of things, you know, if it's a natural disaster, you know, State Farm is there, right? Right. Um, not sponsoring this show, With a sandwich. Um, yeah, they're there with a sandwich and a cup of coffee and a big check for me. Yep. Uh, Actually, but, if you watch their new commercials, apparently State Farm can get you laid. <laughs> really? Awesome. Pretty much. Yeah. They're like, and uh, they bring you the girl from 5B. I'm like, really? <laughs> I need to get some of that State Farm, not a sponsor of the show, but if they'd like to sponsor the show, that's fine. They know how to contact us, podcast at majorspoilers.com. Um, so there's I'll tell this- you what, it's an untapped market. Most of our listeners yes. probably don't have any sort of insurance. And you know, there's actually an insurance that you can get on your comic book collection if it's stored go. correctly. 
And some of you who might it's have ten, twenty thousand, it's called insurance. Yes, but they have something special, s- specifically set up for collectibles. Right. And so it might be a good idea. We got to stop talking because I don't want them to get free advertising here. Um, but you know, this idea of a superhero wrecking up my stuff and then being non-apologetic about it bothers me. And there is a new series on the Cartoon Network. You may have watched it. It's called um, Symbiotic. Symbionic Titan. Have you watched this series yet, Rodrigo? Symbiotic, no. patriotic, slam dunk, slam dunk. Let me, let me look at, I believe, let me look it up real quick because I forgot to do it. Bernstein. <laughs> um, symbionic Bruce and Lester Banks. Titan is the story about this uh, princess and her protector and their robot who escape from their planet that's being taken over by this terrible, terrible man and his alien forces. And they come to Earth to live. Well, the terrible, terrible man terrible, named terrible Med- man. Medulla, um, he's got this big eye. <laughs> um, he is, he sends these monsters to Earth to kill the princess blood. because he doesn't want any uprisings. He doesn't want the princess to come back in power. And miraculously, they have this power where they can turn into these robots. Mm-hmm. But if danger is really, really bad... They turn into this symbionic titan where all three of their bodies merge together for a giant robot titan. Nice. And then they duke it out in the streets and eventually win. So in the first episode, there's this giant flame monster that comes to Earth, and they're fighting it out in a major metropolis, and suddenly the flame monster just essentially nukes about 20 square blocks to where there's nothing but smoking rubble. And when I watched this, I was like, okay, this is cool if you're into Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, if you're into all of that. It's, it's a very cool fight. Ultimately, the Titan wins. Yay, goes Symbionic Titan. But then I was sitting there thinking, you know, in those 20 square blocks of yeah. skyscrapers and high-rises, and even when they're fighting, we see the, one of them get punched into a skyscraper, and it cracks in half, and the monster just picks up the building and hurls it at the Titan, you know, there's people in there. There's yeah. there's people dying. Yeah, because they're not they're not fighting in an abandoned warehouse district. No, That's no not. fun. They're right. fighting in the middle of downtown. Right, and that is something that you know has an impact in it. And so, even though my son watched watched the show and loved it and was like, "Can we watch it again? Can we watch it again? Can we watch it again?" He just loved the idea of it. I think he liked it for maybe the art and and these busty cheerleaders walking through the because I was like Mason why do you like this and about the t- time there were these very busty cheerleaders walking through the shot and he goes that nice. <laughs> I'm like yes um, but um, but I was concerned about this for the week and I was like well I wonder if this is going to be the the way the entire series goes where they just keep battling it out in, in mm-hmm. the streets of the city and I mean these are these stand you know 20-30 stories tall right. kind of creatures the very next week Another giant monster comes, right? Mm-hmm. It's coming to Earth. But they touch on the girl, the princess, who's never been to, uh, been to Earth, doesn't want to blend in with the culture, wants to hide so that the monsters can't find them, is told that, hey, you need to go to the mall. Not to buy clothes, but to buy furniture for this house that they're living in. And riding on the, uh, on the bus, there's a news report on, and people are talking about this titan, and they say... $14 billion worth of damage was caused in this incident, mm-hmm. right? And she, you see her kind of look. And about this time, and I got to give uh, the city planners or the uh, city construction people credit, because about that time, she rises this ridge, and they're riding this giant bridge all across the demolished, the dem- demolished crater of nice. the city. And you see her looking at the demolition and, and the destruction, and it's just like, huh, this is concerning to me. And then the story goes on. 
And then the giant monster arrives in the city, and it's stomping through the city and stomping through the through the uh, through the suburbs where they live. And all of a sudden, in their giant Titan suit, they're like, "No!" And the monster hits the Titan, and he goes and he flies back. And as he's falling, he is landing in a ways to where he is not causing destruction and killing people nice. to the point where his face comes inches away from this little kid in a pool. And of course, a little kid turns around and here's this giant face and then the yellow pool of liquid around his body. Nice, nice. And then he flings the mo- they fling the monster out into the country and they duel in the countryside. So they just kill farmers. Uh, no, actually, it's like a park, national park kind of area. And they do show that there are people on a hill who suddenly get surprised by this giant monster crashing down on them. And then they just watch the entire... Mm. Uh, you know the entire fight unfold but it's kind of like in the Transformers 2 where they're fighting in the forest kind of thing right right nobody's getting killed and I was like wow what a nice way to handle Mm -hmm. destruction without the implication that you're killing people or they admit that a lot of people were killed a lot of property damage occurred what are they doing to try to prevent that in the future is that cool or not cool to do something like that in the story and kind of wrap it up in this bigger thing well it is I think because people more and more you know, it used to be that nobody questioned that. They just were willing to suspend their disbelief. But more and more, everybody's like, uh, you know, what's what's happening there? And by more and more, I mean since like 1979, people have, you know, or, or whatever, people mm-hmm. have been asking these questions. And now it's kind of like cool to ask these questions like, well, Superman, if he's so great, how come he punches people through buildings and stuff? Right. Um. So, yeah, it is good to address stuff like that. You will. You can see that, like in Power Rangers, mm-hmm. you know, in the first seasons, they're fighting in cities, and eventually they're just fighting out in the middle of nowhere, often yeah. with just a very quick "Let's lure him out into the, the, the town outside of town." Right, and you know, then that's where they're fighting. Um, it is cool. It's cool for them to address this because it's something that strains the narrative. You know, it's like how great is this superhero if you know hundreds to thousands of people die every time they show up the people would not say oh look at that awesome robot Mm -hmm. they would say oh good god we are all going to die right i am moving away from the city right right um matthew thoughts on that did you get to watch it yet i know you have a a, a kid i don't know if you'd watch either of those two episodes i i saw titan maximum is that the same thing no it's not the same thing okay i haven't seen it then i'm sure it'll turn out i think for me there's there's a point where things become almost dreary, and I think there was a point in the '80s where um, Spider-Man had to make his costume because there was a run in his tights, and you know Batman was having to armor his chest because he couldn't armor his head, and all this stuff that was about you know the actual mechanics of the costume. And right. for me, the mechanics of the costume had always been it it just works, and if you worry too much about it, it's going to drag you out of the story. Mm-hmm. The whole collateral damage aspect of it, I think, is best handled in either the, oh, now we're going to fight in this abandoned warehouse, or just by not addressing it. Because if I believe that, you know, the property damage is a big deal, then I can, you know, I can have that story in my head, or I can decide where it's going to go, and somebody will eventually do a book about it, or in in this case, a cartoon about it. Or a podcast. I think that if that if that were what happened every time, Giant robots duked it out, you know, from the Shogun Warriors all the way up through Power Rangers RPM, it would really get tiresome because it would be, for me, it's spending time that could be spent on the story 
explaining to me what's happening with you know minor things in the background. Sure. Now it's kind of like here's here's this awesome Batman, and this is all the stuff this awesome Batman does. And have you ever wondered uh, where he got his Batmobile? Oh, well, it turns out he bought it from Morgan Freeman. Right. Right. Well, I mean, it, it's not it's not a central part of the story, but it's this very subtle thing that kind of plays out in, in these in these two episodes that I thought, ah, well, there they set up my concern in the first issue or the first episode, and they answered it in the second episode. I have a little bit more faith. Now, the reason why I asked if either one of you had seen this is I'm pretty sure both of you are fans of Samurai Jack, correct? Yes. Uh, this is this series is being produced and, and created by uh, Jindy Tartakovsky. Right. Uh, same guy behind Dexter's Laboratory, Samurai Jack, and Star Wars, The Clone Wars, that animated series. Not the and current Powerpuff 3D Girls, anime, And Powerpuff Girls as well. Yep. So if you like that Which style, it's in there. Which is my favorite of his work. The only thing that really bothered me about the whole animation is there's this really kind of dreamy kind of 50s feel to a lot of the style that's going on in there. Mm-hmm. The one thing that bothered me is I use Adobe After Effects a lot, and I've got this plugin that I use a lot, and it's overused a lot in television called Trap Code Shine. Mm-hmm. Uh, or is it Star... Uh, no, I'm sorry, Star Glow. And it creates highlights and little pings on bright areas of the screen. Mm-hmm. Well, there's this one default that's like a green glowy kind of thing, right? and it looks kind of... 70-ish, bad animated kind of stuff. And in that first episode, which I've literally watched 15 times in about two weeks, maybe more, uh, every explosion that they had in the first episode has that filter on it. So all of a sudden you'll see the explosion get really bright. It turns this lot of green tint glow to it, and then it turns back to orange as the explosion collapses. Mm -hmm. Every explosion, every bright light, every highlight had that on there. And it just... So much green, it just became sickening. But overall, the the series isn't isn't bad. It isn't yeah. great, but it isn't uh, it isn't uh, super awesome. But it might be worth checking out if you guys haven't seen that. So. Yeah, I, I'm looking at uh, some of the stills, and it has a it has a very clear like old school anime yeah, yeah, yeah. look to it, yeah. like Gigantor kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's what it, is this called? It's called Sim Bionic Titan. S Y M hyphen Bionic Titan. And try to get a three-year-old to say that. He called it The Simpsons. Daddy, can we watch The Simpsons? Nice. And I was like, The Simpsons? You've never watched The Simpsons before. Why do you want to watch The Simpsons? He goes, yeah, Dad, I watch The Simpsons all the time. We just watched it last night. He's like, you did not watch The Simpsons. He goes, yeah, you know, with the giant robot. And I'm like, oh, are you talking about Symbionic Titan? Yeah, he goes, Simpsons Titan. Simpsons Titan. <laughs> this kid, he's turning into a major. Which would be an awesome if all the Simpsons combined into. You know, uh, Katy Perry uh, is going to appear in an episode, upcoming episode. With live of action the Simpsons, Simpsons. With live, live action puppet Simpsons. Which I think, I don't know if you saw, did you see the pictures this week? I did. Oh, uh, looks pretty awesome, I think. I, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. I mean, the last time we really saw the Simpsons do anything interacting with the real world it was in that uh, treehouse of horror horror, where 3d homer falls into the real world i'm i'm actually interested in seeing this Katy perry thing what Mm -hmm. happens have you seen the Katy perry elmo controversial video i have which what'd you think of that so this is Katy perry talking about it's using one of her songs right talking about opposites up down in out up down shirt off shirt on whatever Mm -hmm. right with elmo and they're running around it looks like a fun little video Right. What do you, oh, you actually work for PBS. So That's right. You're probably aware of this I, I saw it when it aired on Sesame Street. Did you stop what you were doing and stare? I did. I was like, what is going on? And they do this a lot. They had a thing with Feist yeah. where she was like, one, two, three, four, monsters hanging out over here yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. thing. So yeah, they yeah, do yeah. that They do that kind of thing a lot. Um, Sesame Street 
always has these kind of borderline things that they seem that they try to get away with. They had right, right. and you know, you're like, wait, did they just do what I think they just did? Like, mm-hmm. um they had the guy from Dirty Jobs, um, I forget his name. But he was talking to Oscar the Grouch, and you know he's like, "Oh, you know a lot about dirty things, so why don't you come into my trash can?" And blah blah. blah. And he's like, "But you're gonna have to use the back door." And uh, <laughs> and he he turns he pretty much he like looks at the counter. And he's like, "I've always wanted to go in through the back door." <laughs> and you're like, "What? Wait, did that really just happen on Sesame Street? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there really just an entire skit that was a reference to?" <laughs> Special to Law and Order Special Victims Unit, a show about rape. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. there was. So a lot of people are up in arms about this about this video, and I think you can go onto YouTube. I think it's up there. I think even PBS posted it up mm-hmm. there. Uh, but you can watch the entire little music video. I think it's cute. I think it's funny. It's got Katy Perry wearing a, a, a halter top dress, and Katy Perry's got a pretty nice body. Rack. Yeah. I mean, to put it bluntly, yeah, she got great boobs. Mm-hmm. And apparently... Some nut job parent group thought that that was sending a bad message to kids. I, I, I like how I like how I was like, actually, Katy Perry has a pretty nice rack, and you start hearing Matthew clicking. <laughs> <laughs> Let me Checking look at that out. Woo! I want to see this for myself. I activate Boolean operator. <laughs> she has <laughs> Katy Perry nice rack. Elmo video search. Score. She's wearing Symbionic a bra made of cupcakes. <laughs> so what her, her bra is, is made of deal? cupcakes. I'm confused. Um, I, I don't wow. know. I, Did you honestly, have a lot of parent groups call up to the uh, PBS station and complain? No, oh, that's um, what I thought. You know what's you know what's hilarious is that people don't understand. Like, uh, you know that show Swingtown. Uh, I vaguely remember it's, it. Yes. It's like it's about the seventies and how oh yeah yeah uh, and the, swingers yeah, 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 and yeah. stuff. I remember that now. Yeah, like never people, saw an episode of it. People kept calling us and complaining about it. Even though it was on CBS, it was on CBS, right? Yes, or ABC it was on or CBS, but they saw. They heard CBS, which sounds enough like PBS, and it's a period show, oh, so yeah. they thought they were watching PBS. And of course, because people, PBS no- runs nothing but stuff from the 70s. Well, Lawrence not even Welk stuff and... from the 70s, but stuff that is, you know, that <laughs> yeah, even, yeah, yeah, the yeah. documentaries, basically, right, right, right. And, and like stuff that is, uh, you know, like shows that are essentially reenactments of things that actually happened, so people kept calling us. Honestly, I think... That the Katy Perry thing isn't a big deal. I mean, visually, yeah, but she's dressed like she normally dresses. Yeah, I just didn't see it as a problem. Um, the the one that I think is worse is, have you seen the one with Sarah Jessica Parker in it? A uh, Snuffleupagus episode, or? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I mean, the actual actor, Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, Sarah Jessica Parker. Okay, I know who you're talking about now. Go ahead, please. No, I haven't so, seen that one. So, Sarah Jessica Parker is hanging out in Sesame Street, and... Super Grover, who is basic, which is basically the only thing you see Grover as anymore. Right, like they don't ever just have him as Grover anymore. He's always Super Grover. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, shows up and he's like, "I am a superhero. I want to help." <laughs> and blah blah blah. Right. So he does his thing, and she's like, "Oh well, I'm I'm just sitting here waiting for Big." And he's like. You want something big? I will give you something big. And he runs out, and he brings her, like, a big pumpkin or something right, like that. Right, and she's right. like, oh, thanks, Gr- Super Grover, but this is not the big I'm waiting for. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you want something bigger? So he runs out, 
<laughs> comes back with something even bigger, right? And she's right, like, right. thanks, but this is not the big I'm looking for. Right. And that, this continues and continues. And seriously, if you watch it with your eyes closed, it's really freaky or you're <laughs> listening to it. And then, of course, the big she's waiting for is Big Bird. Oh. So Big Bird shows up and is like, hi, Sarah Jessica. And it's like, oh, Big Bird, you came. Yay. And then they both go, they, they link arms and go off together. That's terrible. And I was like, that is barely a euphemism. They're yes. basically just coming out and saying... Well, isn't the, her boyfriend, Mr. Big, Chris Noth, in the show? Sex in yes. the City? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I don't know. That, I think that's the big she yes. was waiting for. Yes, that is the big she's supposed to be waiting That's But the still, joke. if you're working on an edit session and you just hear in the background Sarah Jessica Parker going, that's not the big I want. I Grover, want something bigger, darling. Grover, that's not the big I'm waiting for. <laughs> Hey, did okay, I tell you guys that stop. this is a free show? That we're giving you this free content for you've, free? You've mentioned that. This is probably not the best. You know, Steve, bring. I heard that foreshadowing <laughs> is an important literary technique and is your cue to quality literature. <laughs> the more you know, your library is great. I used to work for NBC, too. I used to work for NBC really? as well. Really? I worked for CBS. Nice. And um, now we're doing this. Now we're doing this. Send us money. <laughs> Ten dollars will get you a shout out at the top of the Tuesday show. Thanks for listening. So, and remember, been... kids, you too can have me mispronouncing your name, even if your name is Matthew. I'll find a way because I'm just that damn good. So, uh, let's talk Superman. Okay. All right. Uh, of course, the big talk isn't the current goings on in the comic books. Although I hear Superman does have a couple of comic books that he appears in regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big talk lately is over the next Superman movie. Of course, we know Christopher Nolan turned Batman around and made it a huge, popular, worldwide, billion-dollar success. Uh, we see movies like Captain America. We see things like The Avengers. We hear talk that uh, Warner Brothers may or may not be building towards their own Justice League movie. We know that Green Lantern is on the way. We know that there's maybe even another Flash movie that arrives before 2012. The, the 2012 already came out, though. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> The question is that everybody has is well, the what do you Flash gonna... would have saved the Earth and get done as Brian's son would say the ultimate sacrifice. The ultimate <laughs> Daddy, sacrifice. did he just do the ultimate sacrifice? Yeah. <laughs> yes, son, he did. <laughs> the big question that everybody's talking about though is how are we? You know what is what is Warner Brothers going to do with with Superman? How do you follow up with Superman Returns? Do you forget it ever happened? Much like Superman three through eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you leave it in continuity and just try to move on? You know, there's been talk, uh, Christopher Nolan has been hired to kind of produce the new Superman movie. Mm-hmm. And so there's talk mm-hmm. about uh, him and Emma Thompson have lower, have uh, narrowed the director list to just a few. Right? <laughs> have lowered got, their standards to just a few. We've got Tony Scott, who did Unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've got. And we'll uh, shoot everything through one of those blinds, the Venetian blinds that cast shadows everywhere. Because why? It's a Tony Scott film. That's why. Matt Reeves, who is uh, doing a Let Me In, and apparently is also, um, uh, I think he also did Moon. I think that movie that was just all right. I guess. Um, Jonathan Liebsman who did Battle Los Angeles, the upcoming Battle Los Angeles, and who's also directing Clash of the Titans 2. Wow. Uh, you've got Duncan Jones, who did Source Code. 
And you've got Zack Snyder. And also makes su- lovely chocolate cakes. Yes, and uh, Zack Snyder, who's got the upcoming Sucker Punch, Watchmen, uh, 300. And then the latest rumor is Darren Aronofsky, who's done Pi, right. uh, who did The Fountain, right. um, who may or may not be directing Wolverine 2. What, does anybody on that list strike you as somebody that you want to see direct the next Superman movie? Um, not particularly, but also none of them are sending out giant red flags like, say, M. Night Shyamalan did when they announced him <laughs> for uh, The Last Airbender. I don't know. Someone Airbender. who's directing Clash of the Titans 2? That seems like a red flag. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. I mean, Clash of the Titans, the, the new one, was, was pretty terrible. Right. But I don't. I wouldn't pin that on definitely on any of the actors attached to it. No. They're just kind of following the, yeah, the normal scale of their careers. Yeah. Um you know, Tatum Channing is that was that actually his name? I don't know. Channing Didn't Tatum. Watch Channing Tatum. Tatum. You're, the, you're the one that went and saw Channing it, Tatum us. is, you know, on his way up. I don't even know if that was actually the guy who was in it. <laughs> um he just looks a lot like him. Um and uh Qui-Gon Jinn's career is on the way back down. Right. So right. their parabolas just right. happen to intersect that Clash of the Titans. Matthew, anybody on that list strike you as somebody that you want to see direct? Um uh, at, pardon my French, but when it comes to directors, I'm not really a star fucker. I don't care who directs the movie mm-hmm. because so often the direction is literally meaningless to the overall film itself. I feel like, yeah, there are certain things where certain types of you know filmers or uh, of cinematographers and directors would be better. Like you know, I wouldn't want to see, uh, say, Ridley Scott's Teletubbies. Mm-hmm. Why but, not? Yeah, Teletubbies uh, killing each other? Well, I don't know. 20 meters, they're in the ceiling. <laughs> I don't feel like Zack Snyder is the one that made 300 successful. Yeah. And I don't feel that Darren Aronofsky is necessarily the one who made Pi successful. I think that that's like saying, from the, pre- from the producers who brought you this wonderful movie comes Disaster Movie. Well, okay. Two of the producers that brought me that movie, and then the actual people who created the thing aren't even on board. So, I, I'm going to say this: the Superman franchise right now is so damaged, they can't do it any worse. They've turned Superman into not only a deadbeat dad, but a homewrecker, and a guy who's coming in <laughs> and, and, and a lech and a perv. If they continue this continuity, has to break up a marriage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll we'll talk about the story in just a moment. But right now, I'm just kind of focusing on. On director, and for me, if this really is the list, I would tend to lean a little bit towards Zack Snyder for a couple of reasons. Number one, he gives a very interesting look, and you might say, Matthew, well, you know, he really didn't have anything to do with 300 or The Watchmen. He really did because he studied the source material and actually I didn't say he didn't have that. anything to do with it. I said that he's not the reason it was successful. Well, yeah, um, but he you know, successfully he, he adapted those, something that was already popular. Right, successfully adapted something that was already popular, like a Superman comic. He's got a very unique look to his stuff. He understands how special effects can work. And even though the special effects tend to drive the movie, especially when we look at something like 300, it doesn't, it's not the movie. The special effects aren't the movie. It's not the big spectacular shots or anything like that. I think he also really understands budgeting. And he knows how to stretch a dollar. Because when you look at 300, and I think they gave him $30 million or less, to do 300, and he turned around and made a movie that made 10 times that, and the fact that he took Watchmen, and he turned it into more or less a successful monetary film, 
and the fact that the, we've got, I don't know, uh, Rodrigo, did you see the uh, the owls of Gulalaroa? Gahoo! Yes, did you see that? No. I'm going to bet that it did okay. Probably. Um, he's still got, you know, a three-picture deal. I mean, I think Valiant did okay. <laughs> In a three-picture deal, that might be a very natural spot for him to step into next is, let's see what you can do with this Superman movie. We're not going to give you $200 million. We're going to give you X amount of dollars. Do something good with it. Give us the best bang for your buck. And I think he'd probably be able to deliver that. Hmm. Now, there was also rumors at one point that Ben Affleck was going to direct that movie. Yeah. What about uh, Matt Damon? Uh, I don't know if Matt Damon was ever rumored, but there was also Guillermo del Toro was rumored to be mm-hmm. attached to the Superman movie. Any of those strike your fancy? Um, I, I think, you know, Guillermo del Toro might do okay. I think he's... You know, you think of this Guillermo del Toro stuff, right? but that's what they hire him to do. You know, it's like sometimes certain directors get, just like actors, basically Mm -hmm. get typecast. Right. And it's interesting to see what they do once they're handed a different project. You know, it's like people talk about Schindler's List being, you know... Steven Spielberg's big F you to I can't make, you know, people saying that he can't do a serious movie. Right. So he gave you the most deathly serious <laughs> movie ever. So you would yeah. be depressed for days. Right. Um, but it was good. Yeah. So, you know, you have something like, you know, maybe Guillermo del Toro. I mean, look at Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. They, you know, Sam Raimi, haha, Xena, haha, uh, Deadites. Yeah. And then be. he directed spider-man and it was a gigantic success so i mean i'm not uh, i i would be interesting to see what guillermo del toro brings to superman if especially since you know you look at hellboy that was very well at least the first one was very well adapted Mm -hmm. you know it was Mm kind of had its own thing going right that was different from the comics but it also brought a lot of what the com what makes the comics cool into the uh, the movie matthew you said you don't uh, mount directors from behind um do you have a director that you would want to see direct and take on a Superman movie? If you, if nope. you could, let's, let's play in this fantasy world that everyone likes to play in at times. Who would you want to direct Superman movie? Don't care. I, Don't I'd care. say, I'd say just give it to Edgar Wright. <clears throat> Edgar Wright. You think, yep. you think he'd do it? All right. Let's see what he does I, with it. Superman me, versus the world. Again, it's a, <laughs> there is so much about the movie that is going to be out of the hands of the director. True. And frankly, unless the movie is not interesting, I'm not the guy who sits there and analyzes the sequences. You know, for instance, I can tell you uh, in Sherlock Holmes, there are a couple of really fascinating fight sequences. And the reason that I was analyzing them was because the story wasn't pulling me in. Mm. So, so if I'm sitting there and noticing... McGee. I don't McGee. care. Don't care. If Sam I'm Raimi. sitting there and noticing the cinematography and the direction, to me, the story is not doing its job. Because I don't sit and analyze things that actually engross me. Well, but I, you, but know, you do realize that I'm, part of that is actually directing. Like, maybe. the director is involved with the pacing of things and the characters. And uh, the look and the performance. Getting yeah, the actors the to give their best the performance. Actors. I still don't think that the director is going to be the, you know, the major driving force in whether something is successful for me. So, yeah, I don't have a problem with Mick G. I actually didn't mind Charlie's Angels full throttle as much as I should have. Who's the guy who directed Coyote Ugly? Let's get uh, him in there. I could, I could ask. Um, you know who I think would do good with a Superman movie? Diablo Cody. Didn't she direct uh, something? Juno. Juno and the She wrote it. There you go. 
Um, but Jennifer's body is, is a very interesting. I'd like to see that. David McNally did uh, as a Superman. Ugly. I, I threw this question up okay. on our Twitter feed, and I got some interesting responses. Matthew Vaughn is what one person said. Hmm. Eh, maybe. Okay. Oh, I loved him in The Man from Uncle. Um, Tim Burton? No. No, I don't think so. Sam Raimi with Bruce Campbell as Jor-El <laughs> or Buck Kent. the Danny Elfman Superman theme would be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. J. Michael T. did say of the list that he thinks that Zack Snyder, but only because he's the best of the bad list. Uh, he says, I'm not excited about what's going on, but, you know, if he was on it, maybe I'd be kind of excited. I would, I, I you know, when we first brought up that Superman was kind of up for grabs as far as directors. Right. I said Sam Raimi, you know, because mm-hmm. we were joking around the, yeah, yeah, how yeah. basically the the plug got pulled out of more Spider-Man. I, right. I think Sam Raimi would be great for Superman. You know, uh, somebody said Crispin Glover. Crispin. Or maybe he's saying about who would I want to see play Superman, because I asked two questions. That's possible. But uh, I know, What's Crispin Glover directed? Has he I don't directed know if he's anything? directed. I think he just, he's just one a minor crazy, so he's got to be good at this. Yeah, what did, what did, he's directed something. I'm I think sure. Crispin Glover, Glover directed uh, Willard, didn't he? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, okay. Somebody half sarcastically said George Lucas. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you were to ask me who I, my dream director would be, it would actually be a teaming again of Steven Spielberg and George Lucas with Steven Spielberg calming George the fuck down. Right. So we don't end up with another Indiana Jones and the uh, I, I think and the skull I think crystals. if someone else writes it and then hands it to Lucas and Spielberg, it would be fine. I think I think honestly if you could convince Spielberg and Lucas to do something like Superman, I I think you could have something that could potentially be from a directorial standpoint and asking them, "Hey, remember how great you guys used to be?" Yeah, no, that's a great to way to breach the subject. Yeah, you remember how Star Wars, the the first three episodes were really awesome, and the first Indiana Jones movies were great. And remember how, how you used Jaws, to be good at this? Jaws and, and Close Encounters of the Third Kind were these really great magical moments. Bring the magic back to Superman, and I really think George Lucas and Steven Spielberg could deliver a product that, yes, might be kind of expensive budget-wise, but I think they could deliver a really good uh, piece. Now, that brings up the question... Well, if you... Go ahead. If you look at the tone of the things that Lucas is best known for, they are all completely diametrically opposed to Superman in his shiny metropolis and his, you know, upbeat kind of world. Because, I mean, you're the one who says that you like Star Wars because it's all dirty and grimy. Right, it's all dirty and gritty and grimy. Well, and if you look at like. um, Maybe that is the kind of look that the Superman movie needs, is that, you know, the thing that I hate the most So what you're saying is to make Superman successful, it needs to be more Batman. No, 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 no. Uh, The thing that I hate... And he needs to fight a giant fucking spider in the third (laughs) act. act. (laughs) The thing that I hate... The thing that I hate about a lot of early Steven Spielberg movies is that there is... And I say this this coming from a room that falls into this exact same trap. Is that Steven Spielberg's it was, it was movies a quoted F-bomb, are cluttered with crap. Yeah. I mean, you look at Close Encounters <laughs> of the Third Kind, that family's house is a junk pile. It's like watching an episode of Hoarders almost, yep. to an extent. And again, look at my nice room. Did he writer. do Poltergeist? He did Poltergeist, That too. is also he a did. cluttered movie. Yes. When you, there was a game, what was that Superman game not too long ago, where the different areas of Metropolis... Is actually built on this cliffside mm-hmm. where the shiny part of Metropolis was built up on the cliff, 
And then as you move down into the city and as you really start out the game, you start in a grittier, dirty part of the suicide slums or down in the wharf area. And then you built your way up to the shiny part. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what the next Superman movie needs. It needs to be a movie that starts out dirty and gritty and has that feel of the clutter, but then moves to something that is the shining redemption of a story. And metaphorically, you could do that through set and scenery, uh, et cetera, in the different parts of Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Does this need to be a new origin story? Oh, hell no. I, I don't, we don't need an origin story. We don't need a reboot. We need a Superman story. And I'm going to say right here, it doesn't need to be a Superman story that's in any kind of continuity. Just tell me a Superman story. You know, get rid of the fact that Superman is a home wrecker and, and a lech and wants to, to uh, father a child and then run off into hey, deep space. It's, it's not his fault because he totally did it with a lady who was of age and then he went into space and when he came back she de-aged 10 years <laughs> so it's, that is not his fault <laughs> see I think the main problem well other it, it, problematic things in that movie come from you know the homewrecker aspect but also the fact that it's a sequel to a movie that no matter how good it is is 40 years old maybe we should take Superman in a direction that is not uh, you know, a, a, a loving, great, big kiss, kiss to a movie from 1977. Maybe we should do something, God forbid, different. So tell me, you know, Matthew, all, that was one of the, the questions I, I wanted to get into. What is the perfect yes. Superman story in your mind that needs to be told? Um, Superman 276, where he fights Captain Thunder. <laughs> Seriously? Um, a good Superman story that would make a good movie... You could scale down Panic in the Sky, maybe. What was that uh, Superman the Animated Series arc with Luthor Brainiac? With the Brainiac that Luthor team, that would be cool. Well, are you thing, talking about? Well, no, there's several episodes. Are you talking about the one where um, Luthor was trying to repair Brainiac, and then Brainiac, mm-hmm. uh, Luthor essentially said, "No, I can't do this. This is terrible." And then Brainiac essentially finished the reassembly himself. Is that the episode you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that would make an interesting what, story. What you need a Luthor who's actually menacing. I mean, the bumbling Luthor thing never worked for me, especially a bumbling Luthor with hair. Kevin as Spacey's much as I love Luthor, Gene Hackman. Like he, no. Um, but I, you know, I didn't hate it so much as I felt like it was, pretty much slavish devotion to a portrayal that was 40 years old. It was sure. Kevin Spacey doing a riff on Gene Hackman, you know? So Bill from Gates that perspective, I can't Luthor. really fall. No, no, not menacing enough. No, wait till that, no. CD, no. You need wait till so, that C&D letter comes. Lex tomorrow. Luthor, Lex Luthor to me is like a former college athlete gone to seed. You yeah. know, you know who would make a great Lex Luthor and you're going to tell me I'm full of crap. No, I'm not. Ed O'Neill. Oh, you're full of crap. <laughs> no. no, you know what? Okay, you so tell shave me. the no, no, no. head of okay, Ed so tell me, tell me, does he play the character as, um, not Al Bundy, obviously. Does he play it as an oafish character, or do you, does he play it as, nope. um, does he play it as, what was the one where Did he was driving the kid Did you see him as Popeye across? Doyle in that French Connection knockoff Oh, yeah, movie? yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have Ed O'Neill play it completely straight with a shaved head. You've got somebody who's roughly the right age, you know, you've got somebody who's in that that vague 45 to 56-year-old category because Luthor is, well, I guess it depending. 
in the movies, Luthor is older than Superman. I guess in the in the regular continuity, Luthor's got to be within two or three years. Yeah. But you know, and I, I never got though, the behind they're the both the same age. Yeah. Right. The Michael Rosenberg thing was like eh, you're my friend, and it's then Ed O'Neill though he's like sixty five. Okay. And you know, for Superman, I would I would recommend getting somebody completely unheard of. Because with Superman, if you cast Dolph Lundgren, or if you ca- I mean, if you cast Taylor Lautner, whoever you cast, people are going to be like, "Oh no, you're stupid!" and it's going to cause a huge backlash. So you you know you Do basically you, have- you cast Joe Noflo, Charlie Brown from Out of Town, as Superman. I'm going to start doing my sit-ups now. I could be someone who's age appropriate. Right. I'm age appropriate. So, I'm thirty. I'm between no, thirty-five Superman's, and forty. Superman's eternally twenty-nine. I, I look twenty-nine. Sounds like I need to start getting my also, sales on. They, they need, guy. and I know that I know <laughs> he's well, not. I don't know. No, he's, Superman I don't is specifically know, an alien. I know. I know. I believe I that they did it on purpose, <laughs> but they need to change the nature of the costume to where it doesn't look like he's going to, you know, a cosplay party on Fire Island. Because I don't know. I the like the. Costume, I mean, is there anything yeah, wrong with Brandon, Brandon Ralph? Too... No, he's yes. fine. What was wrong but with Brandon Ralph? He's in just completely nondescript. There is nothing the... of Brandon Ralph in that performance. He is just a neutral palette onto which we project the image of Christopher Reeve. What sure. about Sam Ham? Who's that? That's the guy what from about Sam uh, Ham. Um, that's the guy from Mad Men. Oh. No, John Hamm. John Sam Hamm wrote it. the first draft of the yes. Batman movie in 1989. Yes, that's right, John Hamm. Aren't you glad that I'm here? Because I'm the only person in the world who got that. You suck. <laughs> yeah, John Hamm would be good. Really? I especially like he's, John uh, you know, he's, John uh, Hamm, he's 39. Which is ham on a toilet paper roll to eat while you're in the restroom. John no, Hamm. He's 39, and he's even, when people have approached him, hey, would you be interested in being Superman? He's like, I'm too old for the part. I look too old for the part. My favorite was uh, Dwayne Johnson. They they said to Dwayne, "Would you like to be Superman?" And Dwayne Johnson said straightforward, "I'd love to be Superman. I don't think the world is ready for a half black, half Samoan Clark Kent." Yeah, he'd he'd play an, he'd be an excellent Black Adam though. Yeah. Anybody you want to see? Yeah, uh, I I'd love to see him as Clark Kent. But again, you know, he's casting against type, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that to me. I mean, Sam Jackson as Nick Fury. Is roughly the same thing. I don't know. I, or I would, you know, if, having Lana Lang, who is historically a redhead, played by Kristen Crook, who is like half Icelandic and I believe half Asian somewhere along. Yeah, the line. she's Chinese Dutch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ah, one of one of the Dutchies. <laughs> yes. I actually, John Hamm, as you said, Matthew, if you could get Ed O'Neill to be a menacing character, you could tell mm-hmm. a convincing. Superman tale that is age appropriate for the character in this. I mean, he doesn't yep. have to be perpetually twenty nine. You could have a thirty nine year old John Ham. John Ham and a sixty five year old Ed O'Neill hmm. play against one but another. But it would cause you to have to do one thing that Hollywood won't want to do. What's that? You will have you'll have to cast Lois Lane with a woman over twenty nine. 
You can't get away with some 22-year-old bimbo if you're going to have John Hammond. Any previous actor that has been attached to us because they will bring all the gunk from previous things that people loved and hated. Well, I want to hear Rodrigo's idea. What's who would you want to cast as Superman? Who would you do as Lex Luthor? Tell me a story idea that you would like to see. All right, Superman. Here's here's my pitch for the Superman. Okay, give me a pitch. Give me a good pitch. Hollywood, are you listening? All right, Diane Nelson or whatever your name is, please listen. Here's a pitch. Jeff Johns. Superman. Right? He's around. He's around doing things. You know, people catch glimpses of him. He is a positive force for good. Some people are trying to spin it one way, spin it the other. But Superman's around. He's been around for maybe two years and has been, you know, progressively stopping bigger and bigger crimes and bigger and bigger disasters. Seems to be based out of Metropolis. You get to see a little bit of Superman. You get to see a little bit of Clark Kent living in Metropolis. People are like, oh, awesome, there's this super guy doing super things. All of a sudden, giant spaceship shows up. Mm -hmm. Um, It's Brainiac. And Brainiac shows up and says, hello, people of Earth, I want to make your life better. But really, he's there looking for Superman because he's the last Kryptonian. Mm -hmm. And he wants to basically obliterate Earth and take their species and blah, blah, blah. Right. So it becomes this thing where... um, Superman has to fight Brainiac because he figures it out, but everybody also loves Brainiac. And so Superman and Lex Luthor, who is basically just an up-and-coming businessman, have to team up to take down Brainiac and not get chewed out by the public. Does Superman already know Lex Luthor is a bad guy? No. Okay. Everything in this movie, Luthor is just played completely straight as a guy who is clearly a businessman and puts business first. And he'll come to Superman and say, here's why Brainiac is going to be terrible for business. And if what you're telling me is true, the Superman, then we need to get together. You have full access to LexCorp's technology and our subsidiary Star Labs, you know, just to get nerdgasms going in the right. audience. No, we Star Star Labs. Labs. Is there a guy with a beard there? Um... So it's like, pow. And what ends up happening is, you know, Brainiac is revealed as a bad guy. Everybody's just like looking at the skies. Oh, Lord, a monster planet thing is trying to eat us. Save us, Superman. Superman runs up there. He downloads the Luther virus onto Brainiac's ship. Brainiac's ship explodes. Brainiac has some last revelation for him. You were sent to this world on purpose or some shit. Right. And everything blows up. Superman saves the day. He says... Luthor, do you want to come share the spotlight with me? Luthor is like, no, no, the people need their Superman. And Superman flies off and everybody's like, yay, America! Right? Cut to this thing in space that's just kind of floating, beeping, and this little satellite flies over to it, picks it up. It's clear that the little thing is from Brainiac ship. Right. Puts it in, crashes to Earth, cut to Lex Luthor's lab. Some nerd walks up to him and says, "Uh, Mr. Luthor, we have retrieved the Brainiac technology. And he goes, excellent. Bum, bum, bum. All right, I, I kind of like that. I, uh, that's not not too bad of an idea. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if. Do you think? And here's a, here's a general question to both of you. And you cast Zac Efron as Superman. <laughs> no, you did not do that. <laughs> One of the Jonas Brothers. And and thus, Jeff Close Jones thing. was like, "Huh, that actually sounds pretty." What? <laughs> no. One of the Jonas Brothers is Superman. Yes, all okay. three of the Jonas Brothers are yeah, Superman. They their you can do like Jonas. a uh, Mary Jonas, Kate Jonas and Ashley Olsen thing. <laughs> I'm I'm curious. In your story, Rodrigo, mm-hmm. we don't really see a lot of Superman until the thing happens. Till the no, no, you see plenty of Superman. Oh, okay. He he's around you, fighting crime. Could you 
tell a Superman story and have Superman appear in flashes and brief bits where maybe you don't see his face clearly. Maybe he's vibrating so fast you can't make out his face. No. Like he does in the uh, in the photographs. Um, no, that's dumb. But could you do something? Well, what would that let's prove? Just say you see him a lot of... No, no, no. I'm just, okay, I'm just asking finish, this finish, question. Finish up Can you show him in silhouette? Can you do it in such a way to where the audience would look at that and go, I don't know who Superman is. Could you tell a story that features Clark Kent playing Clark Kent and then there is this illusion big reveal that it's actually jimmy olsen who is superman no 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 not changing the not changing the type but could you create this kind of suspense in the in the people in the movie they would obviously not know that clark Kent is superman but could you somehow create some confusion in the audience where they're thinking they really have somebody else playing superman is there Uh, is clark kent not superman uh, and then and then twist it on him and say here's the whole thing and the only reason i ask this is because i've not read everything of uh grant morrison's um Superman, the last, whatever. But, you know, there's this whole sequence where there, where Frank Quietly's drawing him where he goes from this, he actually changes and shows how he changes his pose when he goes from Clark Kent to this very schlubby, mm-hmm. bent-over, hunched-over kind of dork, and then how that's different from the Superman character, which is big and bold. And if you saw those two together... You wouldn't be able to tell that. I mean, you almost wouldn't know that no they weren't the same. No one would suspect that mild-mannered yes. Clark Kent was, in fact, right. the Superman. Right. But unfortunately, I don't know if you could do that. I think that would be very interesting if you could pull the wool over the audience's eyes, no. even for a short amount of time, no. and then make him go. No, it would be disingenuous. I think all you could it, generate would actually be confusion. Yeah. Like, people would be like, yeah. people would, it would, you would it have would to annoy fight the, the audience. And the every, audience. Yeah. You would have to fight the, the audience. The, if every I go step into that way. movie and we're we're playing this cutesy game of is he or isn't he Clark Kent? There's two ways to answer that question. A, it is Clark Kent, which is counterintuitive and kind of you know anticlimactic because we know it was Clark Kent. Or B, it isn't Clark Kent, which is counterintuitive and anticlimactic right, right, because right. then where do you go with that? I mean, mm-hmm. that's a Vince McMahon swerve because no matter what the final answer to who's driving the white Humvee turns out to be it's, it's a bad answer exactly if you set that up I mean now I don't have a problem with playing with if you play that trope with a very you know unknowing Clark Kent where it's like have you ever noticed that Clark's never in the same room and you know have Clark be like exactly like you know Silver Age comics where Clark is clearly in on it right and Clark is maybe you know un- not it, not directly winking to the invisible reader, but you know, playing into their confusion and intentionally making that part of his sh- super shtick. But I don't think that that kind of whimsy is going to fit in a hero movie these days because it has to be all dark and grim, and it has to be the Dark Knight. Basically, everybody has to wear black leather and run around and you know, see, angst and. I don't see, think- I think it's interesting that you can't do that with the Superman Clark Kent character, but with Lex, as, as Rodrigo described it. You can make Lex not be the bad guy and come off as really a great person until the final turn in the, in the final shot does, of the film. But we know does that, that does Lex that is going to do that. Yeah. Does that seem reasonable, though? I mean, I don't know. I came up with this awesome idea, but I don't know. No, no, no. I'm just saying it just fly. seems like, because I kept ex- expecting throughout the entire movie in your entire description of, well, Lex Luthor is evil. When's he going to turn? When's he going to pull out the kryptonite and stab Superman in the exactly. back? Exactly. It doesn't but happen until the last Not movie. until the second movie. That, yeah, that's a different. Well, I don't that's know. different I just, than an is he or isn't he thing. That's saying you know, you know, building the tension. And you, as the as the audience member in that scenario, are the smart one. You're in on it. You know that mm-hmm. Luthor's going to turn evil. So that when it doesn't happen, or when they tease it, or when halfway through he's like, "Yes, 
you have access to all of my labs. <laughs> and then exactly. it turns out that it's not what it is. That's, that's playing to the audience's smart. Whereas saying, well, maybe Superman isn't Clark Kent is kind of playing to the dumbest portion of the audience who are really the only ones who are going to go, well, maybe it ain't well, Clark Kent. Maybe it is going so to pile no after way. all. He does say Shazam. So there's no way we can do a Darth Vader as Luke's father kind of reveal with yes, Superman. But you sure. can do a Luke Skywalker was actually not Luke Skywalker thing. Yeah. I mean, you can. You can say, you know, and that was that random thing well, that I threw in there. That- Superman, I, Brainiac, will give, will bring you new information about what you mm-hmm. thought was the truth about your mm-hmm. father. Mm-hmm. Now, here's, here's the thing. Oh, here's something even better, and you throw this in. You can take Stephen's uh, Luke, I'm your father moment, and you can put it in Bar- in Rodrigo's movie, and here's how. Are you ready? Sure. Brainiac Brainiac didn't just steal Candor. Brainiac was created in Candor. Brainiac is a Kryptonian construct who is owned and operated and contains the mind of Jor-El of Krypton. Yeah, I mean, you could do that. I mean, the, I, mean, I that's wouldn't go that far. Like I, 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 I personally would say it would be perfectly reasonable to say, oh, that's I was actually created by your father. We are yeah. brothers, Superman, right, man, right. man, I man. And, kind of how, and that's kind of how Superman the Animated Series kind of played it a little mm-hmm. bit. And that's also how um, this, uh, what's this terrible Superman Elseworld story? Um, where The Nail? No, no, no. We're B. Another the nail. Where, where, um, essentially, Clark Kent, or Superman is tossed off as the the, the unfortunate son, and mm-hmm. Brainiac is. I the do smart not want to see Superman thing. tossing off <laughs> ever. I, I just, I'm, I'm trying to think of a way of the problem is everyone knows Clark Kent is Superman. The audience right, knows right. that Clark Kent is Superman, and because of that, we don't need the George Reeves tilting his glasses down and going, "That's right, Lois." That's right. Wink at the audience kind of moments. Mm-hmm. So is there even a need to have Clark Kent in the movie unless you want to see the world as a human sees it from I think from Lois's point of view or, you know, uh, Jimmy Olsen's or, or Perry Clark, White's Clark point Kent of view. Clark Kent is part of who Superman is. And we rarely, that's the thing, though. We rarely see Clark Kent in any of the Superman books that, in the recent years. But that's the thing. It's because that's, that's fashion. Mm-hmm. You know, if... Yeah, that's, that's not... Inherent to the character, that's a barnacle. You know, Kurt Busiek's Superman, and I honestly don't remember if anybody's, if Kurt Busiek has written Superman or not, but Astro City Superman, Mm -hmm. you know, is mostly Clark Kent with a little bit of Superman. You know, uh, Grant Morrison's Superman is not Clark Kent at all, arguably. So no no Shia LaBeouf as, uh, as Superman? Probably not, because you, you do, I think that you do need somebody who will. Don't even say that, because they'll hear you and they'll do it. I, no I, you Nick do Cage need somebody who will at least fill out the suit as much as Christopher Reeve did. Mm-hmm. So you can have a tall, skinny Superman, or you can have a Dean Cain Superman. Right. I prefer um, the Dean Cain Superman I, I do, too. And you know what? I, it's too bad that he, he was alive when he was <laughs> and got relegated to a TV series that really didn't feature a lot of Superman action because he he's built... Yeah, like Superman. and he was good as Superman. I and thought he Clark was too. Kent. I thought he. Was you know too. what? I would love to see in this there was, new Superman movie. Yeah. You know, like I would like to see some discussion of what. First off, I'd like to. I'd like to see Clark Kent to actually have a country accent, mm-hmm. and then 
maybe have some discussion in there about how he had to work at losing his country accent when he talks like Superman. Golly, Maul, that's pretty fancy. Well, and, well you yes, know, citizen, that is the way things are people, when you follow the law. And, you know, and and the problem with that is that they might actually give him a ridiculous country accent. Golly, but, I just you know, can't believe people, that. People in Kansas say things like crick instead yeah, of yeah. creek yeah, yeah. and that doesn't necessarily make wash. them sound like, I'm gonna go yeah. wash my clothes exactly yeah and it, and you know or if it's wolf, not too pronounced plant. exactly if it's not too pronounced and yeah. they just throw those things in there where people are like wait what did you just say mm-hmm. it's like oh I'm, I'm sorry i mean creek yeah, yeah it's yeah. just so hard yeah yeah yeah. i don't know who mm-hmm. i would really want who i could really see playing the role of superman mm-hmm. i i really think you know who i'd love to see a Holly- superman who uh, the old Spice Guy. What's his name? Mohammed something. Uh, he'd be a better. So, uh, I'm on a horse. Think, yeah, yeah. No, I'd love to look see at your man. Now look at me. You don't want to see at, him. As look Superman? at your Superman. Now look at me. Now look at your. You Superman. know, I thought. I think that The Rock would actually wouldn't be a great Superman. I, I just think Hollywood needs to avoid the current string of who we have in the roles now. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and, and the superhero roles, and it and does kind of boil down that. to is like, who would you like to see as Superman? Please, for the love of God, an unknown. Yeah, I think that's probably who I would, but it's got to be somebody that, you know, to be honest, if you're going to do this and you're going to do it right, I mean, if you're going to really unveil an unknown, and unfortunately Hollywood won't do this, but you don't tell anybody who this person is. Mm-hmm. Your trailers feature silhouettes, glimpses, but you don't know. You keep it out of IMDb. Uh, I, uh, internet movie database mm. you don't let that person appear when you're in the daily planet you don't even really mention clark you have perry white get out there and report on this i want it on my desk lois go with him you don't know until the reveal and then suddenly i think the audience would be more accepting of oh, this is the new clark kent superman mm. i think then you would have more audience reaction and i think you would pack the theaters the first night or the first weekend of people going who the f is superman mm-hmm. and i think that's how they should that's how they should uh, tease the whole movie is who the f is superman that's what should be on all the movie posters yes and they just have a big s shield and that's it who the f is superman look up in the sky i mean you can use all the all the uh all the all the tag words oh, yeah. that we've heard about up, superman up look up in the, up up and away who the f is superman uh, whatever happened to the man of tomorrow whatever happened to the man Probably of tomorrow not. although if I, that would my awesome superman pitch idea that would that probably would be the tagline of it like superman mm-hmm. colon the man of tomorrow mm-hmm. and then you know you don't know if it's talking about superman or Brady i think Mac. if you if you could do that or with like the actor Luthor. i think if you could do that with the actor and just keep it so see wrapped up i understand what you're saying and, and I, I just want i just that, want you that see, the, to the me thing about the 70s the 70 whatever 77 superman was that Granted, a lot of people knew who Superman was because he's in the comic books and they still probably were seeing the reruns. Mm-hmm. But no one knew who Christopher Reeve was. Right. And, you know, well, the whole tag did people was, know who Brandon Ruth Ralph was? No, people knew who Brandon Ralph pronounce. was, but thanks to sites like Major Spoilers and the Internet and Entertainment Ah, and Major these Spoilers! People, I mean, we ruined it. I mean, we came up and, you know, sites came up and said, here's everything you know about Brandon Ralph. Here are the set photos from the Superman. Here's this, 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 and this. Yeah, but so that this builds hype, the movie though. Is, it can build hype, but can you imagine a media blackout where you don't know who Superman is? And then suddenly, people are like, "Who is this person playing Superman?" You catch these little glimpses. You catch these little things. You is don't that say Sarah Michelle Geller as Superman? <laughs> Amazing! Oh, David Boreanaz. Too old. No, <sighs> too old. 
How old is? However, the actor who plays um, Doctor Sweet on Bones with him would be good. Um, Uh, David Boreanaz is forty-one. He's just two years older than uh, John Hamm. Yep, too old. Um, you know that that strategy. I really don't. I don't. To be honest, I grew up watching George Reeves. Christopher Reeve, in my opinion, was already older than me whenever I, I saw the Superman oh, movie. Sure. So to me, like, it would Superman be very realistic to have a 35 though, to 45-year-old Superman. Someone who's been aged, someone who's been around the block. Who 40 knows has things. to be the upper, upper, maximum upper tier. I mean, we're not talking about somebody with flab and gray hair. We're talking about somebody who can still perform but has that look of someone who's had that experience. Not the fresh off the boat. And that's what I think this next Superman movie needs is not someone who's like, well, this is my first adventure in the big city. This is something that needs to, I've been here for 10 plus years (laughs) saving your asses. And now let's tell a a story. Let's tell a mogul. Let's tell a dark side. Let's tell a... Something that is all powerful. I think that even if it's not a an origin story, mm-hmm. you still have to have an establishing story. Something about it has to be new for Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I think that you can't necessarily spend the first five minutes of uh, you know, like for example, Hancock, which is you know, it has all sure, the powers sure, sure. of a king and all the powers of Superman, right? Um, that story, the first the first part of it is this guy's a schmuck, and mm-hmm. then the second part of it is here's how he deschmuckifies himself. Right. Um, obviously, you can't do that with Superman, but that's why that works. It's like, yes, everybody knows that Hancock's around, mm-hmm. but and here's the change in him. With Superman, he either has to be brand new or very, very recent. Like, and I mean like a year, mm-hmm. two years tops. Mm-hmm. Um, or it has to be... Yes, Superman has been around in 10 years, and here's how this drastically changes the Superman dynamic, which is dangerous. Because then it's like, you know all that stuff you know about Superman? Here's how it's wrong. And that is a dangerous route to go down. I don't know. Because otherwise it's like, Superman's been around for 10 years, and in this particular movie... He spends two hours doing what he's been doing for more ten or years. less. More or less, this previous Superman movie was Superman the All Powerful, except when the Kryptonite appeared. Yet he's somehow able to lift this entire mm-hmm. continent of Kryptonite up right. into the air. That's because he found a fighting spirit. Yes, uh, I don't think we need a Silver he Age Superman to the spiral power. I, I don't think we need a Super Age, a Silver Age powered Superman. I think we need a oh, Golden yeah, yeah. Age powered Superman <laughs> who can leap tall buildings, who has the strength of. Uh, comparable strength of an ant or a grasshopper or whatever it is. Right. But who... Mm, but then people would be mad at you because he didn't fly. Who can't fly around the world and turn back time. Well, definitely not fly around the world and turn back time. But he should be able to fly. Because people will say, why can't this Superman fly? Because most people... And, and that's the thing. is like, Superman has to be relatable well, to what people... he certainly can't float. He can't float? He cannot float. Like... Superman catches the, in like the hover? Superman returns, he catches that car, and he's gently, gently light as a feather coming down to Earth. Totally not. Superman can fly. Not believable? I, n- I mean, well, in the grand scheme of things, not realistic looking. Oh, okay. okay. That's the That's problem why you if had you can have a film? Superman that jumps, can catch a car, and land with some oomph, doesn't have to be with the... Oh, two sure, tons sure. of a car, but lands with some oomph. So you're saying that was it? Was it the physics? Of, it was the physics of it. Like you think that that car should have bent as he was like. I think there needed to be. I think he. It shouldn't have looked as easy for him as it did. Oh, okay. 
I'm talking about essentially so in you, that are you, movie. Are you saying Superman shouldn't fly? I don't. Th- I think he should be able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. No. No, I think he should. That That's that me. is that is not correct, Stephen. And I'm not telling you that your opinion <laughs> is wrong. I am saying you. I'm telling you, you can have the Rock as Superman, right? And people mm, will accept that before they accept Superman, the Superman who can't Superman fly. Superman has to have some weight. So when yep. he lands, the pavement cracks. Doesn't have to break. The pavement needs to crack when no. he lands. If he's supposed to because have mass, the Iron Man movie did that. At that well, point, it's going right. to seem and like Hancock you're hacking on well, I'm sure everybody's done and, that. And actually, the Matrix did that, unfortunately. But I think, I think Superman yeah. needs to do that, too. Uh, why no. would Superman you crack the pavement wrong. when he lands? He's got, he he's weighs got as mass. much of him as a, as a normal person. He's got more mass. He's got more no. mass? Yeah, that's no. what I'm going to say. He's got you're more try, mass. You're trying to Batman him again. No, you're not, trying because Batman this doesn't crack the, the pavement realm. when he lands. You are trying, but <laughs> unless, you're trying unless he's <laughs> landing on a thug and kills the pavement to unless crack. He punches the pavement. I'm just trying to. Hey, I've listened to your opinions for the Superman last hour. Universe. I'm killing you. This you're is trying what to say my opinion is in a Superman universe that this should be more like Batman because Batman no, has more not. realistic consequences. And Batman, I don't think he's saying that at all. No, no, no. I don't think he's saying it needs to be more than Batman. No, 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 no. I'm trying to say. Don't make, don't give us a Silver Age powered Superman, which is what the movies have given us over the years. Is a Silver Age powered Superman who, granted, we don't see him flying through the sun to uh, to clean his cape. But if you are if you are damaged by kryptonite and yet you are able to lift essentially a large island made of kryptonite, right? That is a Silver Age power, and that doesn't work. Okay, but I think the alternative that you're proposing. Is also problematic. Did you have you seen the clip of Smallville with the? You'll believe the where one he that doesn't posted? actually fly because there's a tornado well, and maybe it was no a tornado no no no, no no. I'm talking about for the new series. No, where he's running the Daily Planet globe off the top of the planet somehow has come loose and is falling down to the pavement. And young Tom Welling Prime is running in his superpower, takes a step off a cab, leaps into the air. Mm-hmm. Catches the planet building and puts it back into its place. Now, granted, we don't see him struggling with the weight. It all seems very light to him. Right. Um, but when I watch that, to me, that is a leaping. That is not a flying okay. episode. I see nothing wrong with that. Well, certainly not. Superman can jump really high. Yes, he can. Because he's very strong. But he can also fly. Because that is what Superman does. Well, uh, that's fine. You know, I mean, yep. it's it's... It's it's a problem to start going down the road of. So of let me ask you this: like, Let's go over some other Superman powers. Heat vision, sure. Cold breath, sure. Um, yep. Time travel, no. Fly through a sun, no. no. Um, but fly, no. yes, and fly very fast. Harmed by kryptonite, sure. Yes. Light speed powers, light speed. R- power. Run fast, yes. fast. Run than, fast. Run vibrate fast all that. All of the flash powers, no. Take turn up. into a turn into a human drill and drill down into the earth so that the uh, the hot lava gets diverted from the volcano. <laughs> Um, as long as yes. he doesn't spin to do it, that would be okay. No, he has to spin to do it. Oh, he has to spin to do it? Yes. Because, you know, he could just punch his way yes. down. No, he has to spin. Oh, okay. Has to spin. The spinning then is no. important. And the spinning if if the spinning it. is part of it, then no. Yes. Well, but Superman did that in the movies. He's done that in the previous movies. He does well, it in the sure, comic he's book. also traveled through time and hypnotized yeah. people yeah, with a kiss yeah. and shot a pointless <laughs> laser from his finger. And tried to break up a also marriage. Also worth noting, and he took his symbol and made it out of cellophane and tied a guy up with yes, it. Yes, For a second before it dissipates. No, like, just because there's president for it. <laughs> just because there's president for it. 
doesn't mean that it should be in the next Superman movie. So I think Superman it, doesn't let have me to put, fly. Let me then. put something no, up there for does, you that I does. want you to consider. Why? Because that's one of the in things that Superman does. It was. But he also spins like a top and drills into the earth. Sometimes. Yeah, but he does. Find me in two thousand whatever it was. Superman. Go ahead. What year? Maybe? When when the Hulk movie came out. Sure. Most of the complaints that I heard and that I read weren't Ang Lee doesn't understand panels or this is all weird. It was the Hulk's not that big. The Hulk's not that strong. Because the general public's perception of the Hulk is based on that which is most seen, which is the Bill Bixby Hulk show. If you try to do Superman without flying, you're going to have about 50,000 people who go, oh, like the Golden Age Superman. And then you're going to have about 8 million people who go, what the fall Superman can fly? It's going to cause more problems than it actually resolves. And it's going to make your character seem less Superman-y and more, here's a Superman-type story. Here's a, you know, say- a Hancock or a Matrix or something that, that ties into that Superman level, that Superman gestalt, without actually being Superman. I would say go back and actual and, and listen to that uh, Kevin Smith thing that that I referenced right, right, earlier. Right, right. I've I've seen um, it. Sure. Well, I saw it on your site, so yeah, presumably yeah. you have seen it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you you start listening to the description of what this other guy and I forget who it actually was. Yeah, Peter something. Uh, yeah, is like okay. Here's what I want out of the Superman movie. Yeah, yeah. He can't wear that suit. Right. He's got to have this going on. Right. And he's got to fight a giant spider at right, the end. Right, right, right. Because they're the polar bears of the insect world, right? Mm-hmm. It, and you're listening to it, and it's ridiculous. It's like, you can't have Superman without some semblance of the Superman suit. So if, if you could jump a quarter mile, uh-huh. would you look at somebody who's jumping a quarter mile and say, wow, look at that guy flying? Yes. But the, that's... Uh, I think you're you're looking at the minutia of this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you're splitting the hairs on your straw man. There is that Superman needs to be able to fly. You can do Why a does movie. He need to be able to fly because that's one of the things that Superman does. Ask your son. Eh. I hear faster than a speed. I have bullet. I have a able tinier, to leap tall straw a, man for you. Uh, uh, Go able ask to leap your tall son. Buildings at a single bound. I'm not saying that Superman can't fly. I'm not. I'm just saying that I think it would be more interesting as a character. Yes. If he w- if he didn't have the powers of a god yeah. in an itty bitty living and space. And that that sure. one guy but thought it would be more doesn't make if him Superman a god. Where a costume and fought a giant spider too. I mean, you have or to for take that into matter, account you know, what it would be great if Superman actually was just a kid from Queens that only had a few powers and couldn't actually fly. He just kind of swung around the city. I'm not saying any of that other stuff. I'm saying that faster than a speeding bullet, uh-huh. more powerful than a locomotive, okay. able to leap tall buildings in the su- in a single bound. So you're, you're look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Right. So you're basing your entire idea of Superman, uh, of Superman. Uh, oh, yeah, it's like is this bird an ostrich? <laughs> um, out of that one phrase, and you know, it's like it's if you take yourself back into this absolute of what sure, superman sure, sure. is you start running into problems because if you say well superman should just be a super guy in every way that would also make him see, super smart which would make him figure out the plot from the beginning which leaves you just with grandpa superman right. picking on lois lane for being a silly woman well see that's also the next question that i had is can you tell a really good Superman story? Superman as yes. a character is this Boy Scout. 
he has That's to. That's like asking, to. can you tell a really good police story? Can you tell a really but, good nurse but listen, story? He has to Who's be this. in the story doesn't as, matter. He's perceived as this Boy Scout. Right. Can you tell a story that's anything but Superman being a Boy Scout? Can you tell a story of Superman being anything other than this, uh, for lack of a better, you know, phrase, this... Goody two-shoes. Well, goody two-shoes, Christian, God-fearing, God and country-fearing Christian who always does the right thing, who's never fallible. And isn't that the problem with white people? No, no, no. I mean, no, no, no. I'm just asking. Isn't isn't this not the reason why Superman comics are not as why, popular? Why Superman is not relatable? Is not popular and is not relatable? Yes. I think I think when Superman is written that way, he's not. But that is not specifically what Superman is. Can you write a good Superman story in which Superman is just a boy is a Boy Scout and always takes the Boy Scout position of things? Mm-hmm. Yes, you can, mm-hmm. because we've seen it in the JLU. Right. And, you know, the best episode of the JLU is when Superman is fighting Darkseid, and he says, you know what? All this time, I've had to hold back my powers. I've had to do all this stuff. Now I'm going to kick your ass, You know, I'm going to use all of my powers. Yep. And you know what's another great episode of the JLU? When he fights Captain Marvel and realizes that Captain Marvel is a bigger, cheesier Boy Scout than he is, right, and it right, kind right. of irks him. Right, right, and he right. has that very human emotion of, hey, wait a minute, I am the goddamn Superman. Right, right, What's right. going on here? So yes, yes, you can. Yeah. Be- especially when he has, he is given the option of compromising his morals for the bigger moral imperative. It's like, Superman, no one will ever know that because of you, three people died, but mm-hmm. this will save all of Metropolis. Mm-hmm. That's a hard choice for Superman. Yeah. That's a good story for Superman. Then so let's, yes, let's yes, see a can. good story for Superman then. Yeah. I, I just don't think that... I think part of the problem with Superman is it's not relatable, and I don't think that there are things going on in the Superman comic books that make him relatable or make him interesting, because well, in yeah. the end, Superman's always going to win. Just like Batman's always going to win. Just like... Well, until he goes up against Darkseid. Yeah, but Dark that's, that's, zaps his that's, Omega your, that's your feel-good movie of the summer in general, though. I don't know. It, should Superman be a feel-good movie? I'm just asking these questions. Yes. Yes. Should Superman be that feel-good movie? Mm-hmm. Yes. Should you come out of it going, yep. my gosh, I'm going to go pick up that piece of paper over there because that's what Superman would do. Uh, maybe not quite at that point, but you should come out saying, I'm going to help an elderly lady across the street because that's what Superman would do. Now, Superman did, did doesn't need to be more Did you come out of the dark night wanting to kick people in alleys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I came out of, uh, of uh, what was that Mortal Kombat movie, wanted to kick people in dark alleys. Yeah. Did you come out of Sherlock Holmes wanting to be, you know, overly condescending? And oh, well, see, I already, uh, I'm already that way. That was just a justification. I, um, I don't think I, Superman. I, I, yeah, that was just a burn. I think that the what we're really hearing, and you know, these are entirely valid concerns. But what we're really hearing here is Stephen's perception of Superman as a character and Superman's weakness. Whereas, if I'm looking at Superman, I feel like the main issue is not. That he's super powerful and he's going to win. All superheroes win. Right. Blank man won. You know, handyman won. Pootie Tang won. All superheroes win in the end. That's how the superhero movie ends. And if your superhero movie ends with your superhero dying in the gutter, well, then it's probably an art house superhero movie that isn't really very superhero-y at all. But if Superman goes in and isn't... A big, strong guy who can fly and, yes, to some degree, levitate, although that's arguable. If Superman isn't, you know, 
shooting eye beams and isn't you know basically the down home nice guy from Kansas. Even though you know people talk about Superman's politics, anybody who's ever talked to a farmer from Kansas knows that farmers are very politically you know polarizing people as well. And just being from the Midwest doesn't mean that he's necessarily going to be this you know middle of the road super conservative or you know even the way you described him far to the right. This uh, up, upstanding Christian, God-fearing Fa, I think that you can have the character, the man, be fallible without having Superman be fallible. And that's where, you know, things like, I don't know if internal monologues are still in, but things like Clark Kent's thought processes in playing that Superman role come into play. You know, things like how people view Superman, how Lois views Superman, how Metropolis views Superman, how in Rodrigo's example, Lex Luthor and his minions in the lab view Superman. That's where you're going to come up with, you know, your your drama. That's where you're going to come up with, you know, the things that are really going to delve into that character. And I think that simply being really powerful doesn't guarantee that Superman's going to win, simply because Superman can be outsmarted. He can be beaten up. You know, he, as long as you presume that he'll spend six issues engaging in a mindless slugfest, he can be killed in the streets of Metropolis. So I think the problem is not, can you make a Superman story that works, is how can we make a good Superman story central to the character? Because Superman doesn't have as many iterations as Batman. And you can't necessarily go from, you know, the Tim Burton quirky Batman and go straight into the, what is it, the new Zac Efron version, where in the dark night everybody is, I'm the Batman, you know. I think your problem is not how do you make Superman interesting or how do you make yeah, Superman Yeah, my problem relatable. is how do you make interest how, not not I'll, necessarily relatable. How do you make Superman interesting so audiences will will say, how do I relate to him? Or how do I make Superman a story interesting to where he he does have foibles let how me, he does make mistakes you show now, that human side well yeah. but see that's not how superman has generally been portrayed no that's yeah, your it is it is because at some point look at kingdom come like have the people love kingdom come and another quarter of the people also love kingdom come right, and right, then matthew right. doesn't right um which is and he's perfectly justified i'm not saying that he's wrong right um <laughs> but most people love kingdom come um, he is portrayed as a guy who says, you know what, America, fuck you. And I already dropped an F-bomb. So what the hell? <laughs> that's um, our fourth one for the show, by the way. That's right. Um, and he goes and he's like, you know what, you don't want my help? I'm not giving you my help anymore. See you later. And then he's called maybe, back into action. Maybe that's the story. Maybe, maybe that's is. how you get an elderly an elderly crippled John Ham <laughs> to play Superman. In his ripe old age of 39. Maybe that's how you do it. Where Let Superman me... has basically told you, F you people, you don't want to deal with me, fine. Okay. You don't want my help, fine. I'm going to go off and do this. Exactly. You think my morals and my Problem ways are with that is that's that the thing. takes us and, into and, the same... Well, it gives and that's us the, the same thing. beginning like, as Superman Returns to some degree. It is. But you just... I, I mean, that's the answer to that question. Can you make Superman relatable? Yes, you can. There is a way. I'm sure there is a way. I'll give you. I'll give you another example, and it's a bit I'm of a tangent. I'm not saying that, that it can't be done. Follow along with me on I'm this. I'm not one. saying it can't be done. Don't get me wrong on anything there, I'm saying. I'm not saying it can't be done. Right. I'm saying I haven't seen it. I mean, there's things that make the Superman character interesting, like when we watched the the new Krypton series. It was interesting because we're taking Superman and we're placing him in 
in a different in situation. a different situation that we've never seen him in before. He's dealing with people that are his equals and his peers. And how does he relate to this new situation? Mm-hmm. Eh, give it twelve issues and about a year and a half with another uh, War of the Superman storyline. Status quo. Oh yeah, sure, right. But that's different. But that's, that's what made serial. you know during that time period when they had the whole world of Krypton. That was interesting. I was reading every little bit of it. The minute things returned back to the status quo, sure, off the shelf. But there are only so many World of New Krypton stories right. that you can write. Right. Um, and when you're making a movie, you can't write that story. Well, you, you have to. Yeah. You have to essentialize the hero for people to be able to access it from what they know, and it is a big thing of what they know. Let me like just sort of on this on this idea of how do you make. A, a godlike being, uh, how, how do you worry about him mm-hmm. during a movie? There have been a lot of Superman games. A right. lot of Superman games. Right. And the constant complaint is, why is it that at the very beginning of the game, Superman just fighting thugs on the street, and if they shoot him enough times, he dies. That mm-hmm. makes no sense. That's not what mm-hmm. Superman is. And it took about probably 20 years before somebody realized, oh, well, let's just make it so that Superman can't die but Metropolis can. Right. So then you're playing Superman, flying around trying to save Metropolis from all of this stuff that is happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in the good gaming experience, you managed to do it, but you managed to barely do it. Sure, sure, sure. That is one Superman story that you can have mm-hmm. in which, you know, you obviously have to set some uh, assumptions. Superman can't fly at the speed of light, otherwise it wouldn't matter. Superman can't you know, lift up putting, a planet. Now you're putting limits on his powers. Well, sure. But he has to have okay. limits on his powers. Otherwise, he just okay. snaps his finger and everything works. I mean, there has to be a limit. So how far would he have to jump, then, in order for you to consider it flying? He doesn't uh. jump. He flies. He flies. <laughs> does he? Yeah. Well, uh, or does he jump? Steven, such a trajectory he fucking flies, all right. He flies. How does he stop at the top? He projects the apex it's just like you throw a ball goes up it comes how down. does he have a whole conversation with lex luther at his tower well see that's you know that's again your interpretation i'm just saying i'm pretty sure that's flying levitating is flying yes okay i sure. thought it was levitating hovering okay. so he you're saying does he just have trouble hovering does he need to like wave his arms so that he's i'm not hovering. saying he has to flip his arms <laughs> i'm just saying that if you jump i would say levitating is a form of flying yes okay all right. I would say in the larger umbrella of flying. Okay, maybe in the larger then, umbrella of then flying. He can. I usually interpret flying as moving in a direction through the air. I, I would say levitating is a kind of flying. Okay. Just Fair for enough. the sake for the sake of the lexicon. That's fine. Um but yes, you would have to establish some parameters and then just go with that. Go with there are so many things happening and so much carnage going on in metropolis can superman do it all he is never actually in mortal danger but the people he cares about are that is a superman story that you can tell and and he is very does does that does that make the audience then care for superman or care for the other characters well sure because you know you have a wife you know you have a mother you have friends, you have coworkers. Sure, 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 sure. And I'm you, just asking these questions. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying I, I'm, you're I'm wrong. A, no, no, no. I'm explaining why this is... Sure. ...why my point is reasonable and you should believe like I do. Um, <laughs> you know, you, and by you I mean the greater metaphorical you, people have friends, coworkers, 
uh, significant others, um, people that they wish were their significant others, mm-hmm. um, and you, to a certain degree, care about them. So, I mean, when your child or lover or whatever is deathly ill, you worry about them. You are not ill yourself. Right. And so, you know, if you take that one step further, if someone that you care dearly about has a very sick relative that you've never met, but they care dearly about, you feel for them. So you can write that Superman movie. You know, you can say, you know, this person, or like you relate to Superman's worry about the people he cares about. And if you're the head of a household, if you are, if you've ever been in charge of a group of people, you know that that the weight of that responsibility that you have to mm-hmm. other people. I'm not saying that anybody's wrong in this conversation. Right. I'm just trying to get everybody's ideas out oh, sure. so that people are clear on it. So I'm not shitting on your face, Rodrigo, when it comes to your ideas. You know, I didn't, think you, on, I didn't or, think you were until or, just now or where giving, you brought Or giving that Matthew up. a big old Cleveland steamer about his ideas. Right? You are gross, you know that? <laughs> you are a disgusting what? human being. And this is coming what? from two men who've thrown five F-bombs in the last hour and 20 minutes. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, you're and terrible, so you're not disgusting because you're using you're a bad language person and I say and you should feel bad. And I'm a bad person. I should feel bad. All right. Yes. Um, well, now that we're all on the same page. So the question, though, is why isn't – why aren't more people interested in seeing Superman, reading Superman? What is wrong with Superman? Well, I can There's look at comic wrong books with Superman. and tell you Superman exactly has seven what's wrong with monthly Superman. comic books. What seven monthly comic books does Superman have? I know of action Pull comics. Pull the top three hundred. I will. Pull the top three hundred. All right. I will guarantee you there is one, possibly two, and maybe even three super titles in the top twenty-five. I will guarantee you that Superman places comparably to Batman in terms of units sold. But why isn't he? But I think that popular. He's great on. He's great on jackets. He's great on lunch boxes. Yeah. He's great on everything uh, you know, else. I, I think there is a reason for that. I think that to a certain degree, you are I, I, not even to a certain. Degree, I think you are correct in that Superman is a difficult character to relate to. Once people get over the like, it's kind of and and to to make a gigantic crazy comparison it's kind of like wraithborn when we we talk about it right once you get past all the glossy exterior you see that there's not much there right superman is very frequently written like that you know you just want to see superman punch and punch and punch until he can punch no more and then the final beat of that story is nope superman digs deep and finds that he can punch even harder right there's not much to that story but that can be said for any story that is like that. Any very powerful character. Any character that, for no reason, just digs deep inside themselves and through, the, through sheer willpower overcomes their odds. You see that in Superman. You see in, you know, badly written Superman stories. You see that in badly written uh, anime. You see that in badly written whatever you want. That suddenly, that is he, not find, a, suddenly he finds this willpower to go on. And I, I think that's a problem with... Yeah. Most stories in it's, general. It's just cheap writing. Right. Um, and I think Superman has very frequently suffered of that because it's not so much that Superman is, well, as, as a consequence, he's become a character that is difficult to relate to. Right. But it's partially because Superman 
is a difficult character to write. Why? Because he's so powerful. So Matthew, because you in, can't in take a Spider-Man your... story and put it into Superman. Right. Matthew, in regards to your story, or in regards to your question, looking at the August Top 300 numbers, we have Batman number 702 at number 7 in the spot. We have... Da, 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 da. We have Superman number 702 at number 22 in the spot. So you're right in that there are Batman and Superman in the top 25, though the distance between them is probably about 40% of comics sold. So 40% more Batman sold than Superman sold oh, sure. in the month but, of August. I mean, if they're Does in the top the 25. Uh, I've got a, an index with, uh, when you look at Batman is the, uh, what uh, Diamond uses as their index mark, Batman is that index mark. So when you see Batman sells 100, uh, that is the the benchmark. So if you see, for example, the number one book in the month of August was Brightest Day number seven. It has an index of 127. That means that there's a 27% essentially more books sold uh, than that way. When you look at Superman at 68.1 uh, in the index, it's a little bit lower than that. Um, I could go over to the, the best place, really, and, and I'll plug this site because I know that they do a good job in their numbers, and I've been told that they're only off by about... 1,000 to 2,000 each month, is ICV-2. Um, their numbers are, they'll actually give you what they estimate in the um, direct market distribution, how many mm-hmm. units were sold, okay? So, well, I mean, we could go over there, but then t- to further clarify, we go down, uh, going down in this list, the next time we see Batman, Batman, Batman Odyssey at number 25, um, we see Superman Secret Origin, at number 33, we see Action Comics down at 44. We see Batman Superman, number 75, down at number 50. And then uh, we see Superman, the last family of Krypton, down at 78. So that's kind of where Superman ranks in the grand see, scheme of things. I, th- I think my problem is coming with your question and the way it's phrased. You're saying, why isn't Superman popular? And I don't think that's Oh, what no, no, mean. I'm saying, why isn't he more popular? Hmm. See, that's, and that's, that's my the thing. Question. Is, it isn't why, why hasn't Superman popular? Why, like I said, why was the Batman a better movie than my son? Why was why Batman, Batman Returns a better movie than Superman Returns? Because uh, Batman there Returns. was a clearer vision. Okay, right. but there was a clearer vision on Batman Begins. Batman Begins was retelling the origin of Batman. Sure. Superman Returns was telling part three of a story with a thirty-four year gap in between, with a serious right. storytelling flaw. Right. In that it made you. Superman the homewrecker. So, I mean, I, completely I don't think you. that Superman is any less popular than Batman. Is he less popular than he was in the 40s? Probably, but all comic book characters are. I think that Superman and Batman are probably the most identifiable characters. And I think who, that the real problem is- comes when people feel the need to make sure that they are polar opposite of one another. Oh, and I and I th- and I agree with you there. I don't think they should be polar opposites. I don't think, honestly, I don't think Superman should be the big boy scout. I mean, but I also don't think that well, he should be going into the back alleys and and picking up prostitutes and and having a go with them. I, I think that Superman should be a person. And he should he be. He should be a very moral person, sure. You know, and have his own moral code because nowadays saying somebody is a moral person means a lot of different things. It used to be, you know, to a certain degree, there was a prevailing American Christian morality. That's not the case anymore, and that's fine. When I had mentioned Superman, and it's just an odd thought that I had in my mind about, you know, if you had to pick religions for people, Mm -hmm. for these superheroes, 
what religion Methodist. will they fall in? And I, you thought Methodist for Superman? That's exactly oh, who yeah. I thought, too. I thought a Superman's definitely a Methodist. I, I, and I don't I, know if it's ever been brought up in any of the books, but I, th- I thought about all the Christian religions, and I, I came down to... Batman's not a Catholic. Baptist. Oh, no, no, no. I see Batman as a Protestant. Mm-hmm. No, like Batman's a, general, a Catholic. Non-denominational yeah, Protestant. Pro- non-denominational. He follows the teachings of Cathal. You think? Okay. The, yeah, the man... Seriously. Look at his iconography. Look at, you know, the hidden chambers inside of it. This is all, I mean, the stately Wayne Manor is nothing more than, a, a you know, a smaller version of Vatican City. It's all <laughs> based on the, t- the tenets of, of, of cool. Catholicism. I'm just saying. No, and no, Alfred fine. is his confessor. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, you were asking about the actual young Batman. <laughs> Batman 702. Done. Yeah, you're terrible. Done. Terrible, done. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Conversation done. Batman 702 estimated yeah, sales from ICV2. 73,000 uh, sold in August. Uh, Superman 702. 50,000 estimated sold in August. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, ballparky. Yeah. I mean, well, 20,000 ballparky. I mean, we're talking about City of Hayes ballparky. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, everything you're saying is right about you know what? You know why oh, yeah. isn't he more? Except why isn't he read more? Why isn't well, he the number one that's brought off? And it's a lot of it has to do with story and how it's written. And I guess my definitely. You know you got to look at this character and not make him a a, a super great, uh, smiling, nodding, there, there, Jimmy, let's go kind of character. You can't sure. do that. But I be. think you have to put limits on his powers. Oh, definitely. He can't be all powerful. He can't be infallible. Definitely. Okay. And I think when you do that. I think you could create a dynamic, interesting character. Mm-hmm. I just don't think Warner Brothers, the movie studio, understands that. Um, they don't have to. I, I don't think that... Yeah, exactly. They don't have to. They, And in fact, they don't care. If they thought that they could sell mm-hmm. like the um, tangent universe Superman... Like the yep. the brainy super criminal Superman, right? And they thought that attaching the Superman name to it would sell and people would accept it. They would do that if they thought. If there that, was a way to sell Superman as played by Will Smith, they'd be there in a heartbeat. And you know what? I might watch that because Will Smith you, is a well, known did you watch it? In, in, in <laughs> did, did you watch? <laughs> did you watch Hancock? No, I didn't. I don't know. Oh, you really I I've you really never should. seen and watch Hancock and watch the un, watch the unrated Hancock. Watch the unrated version. There's some a few scenes in there. I don't want to uh, see unrated Hancocks. I don't. Um, Superman worldwide box office. Superman returns box office growth. Uh, Twelve million million. Three hundred ninety-one. That's that's nothing to sneeze at. Domestically, two hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so that represents about fifty-one percent of the take, and that's that's not chump change. Um, unfortunately, it's estimated that the movie cost. Two hundred and seventy million to make. Yeah. So, so change. Well, uh, thankfully they've got the foreign box office that helped make up for that. So when mm-hmm. you subtract it, they roughly made what is that? They Did you just say the porn box office? No, the, the foreign, foreign the foreign box office. They roughly it is made getting so late, guys. One hundred and seventy million dollars in the worldwide box office, mm-hmm. which isn't bad, but I it seriously didn't perform as well as the studios thought it would. You know, I don't know what, what to do with Superman. I think having him jump would be cool. Yeah. Uh, fly if you want. Having him hover in space and hear every little conversation that's being spoken around the planet. No. Okay. Too much. I think that's too, too much. much as well. Yep. Uh, having him uh, catch a speeding bullet. 
Sure. Yeah, I like that if he, idea. If he if he goes like this, ha, to catch it, if, he, I'm if, down if with as that. Clark Kent he fakes it in an alley so people think that he was maybe shot and then yeah. he wasn't, just fainted, but secretly holds it That'd in his cool. hand and there it is, crumpled. No, that's, I that's, think that's that was an cool. awesome scene. There is a there is a common sense place for Superman that is, is largely where? acceptable. I think um, it's. You know, before he can exist in space without any protection. Like, you don't need that for the story. That is just an awesome thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it is an awesome scene that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Same thing with, um, really, even, you know, freeze breath and super duper eye beams. Mm-hmm. You could probably get away with not even having those in the movie at all. Could you? Could you tell X-ray us vision is popular enough that you probably need to have it in there I think somewhere. you probably... I, I think of the powers Super that you hearing, have, as long as it is like within the city, you can get away with it. And don't ever go into him hearing conversations in India. Yes. Leave it ambiguous. People will accept I, I it. I think the super hearing, the x-ray vision, heat vision more or less, but it's got to yeah. have some limits on that. It can't be uh, you sure. know, a mega watt right. laser coming he, out of his if, eyes. If he shoots lasers from his eyes... Then what's the point of him getting up close and punching right. something? Right. Same way with same way with frost breath. Mm-hmm. Flying, I could go either way on flying. Either right. make him jump really, really far, you know, like around the planet if he wanted to, mm-hmm. uh, or fly. Doesn't make any fly. difference to me. Doesn't make any difference to me as long as he's taking off and landing. That's fine. Gotcha. Okay. Um, could you tell a Superman story and make it interesting and not set it on Earth? Because there are many tales where Superman does venture out into space. There are many tales where Superman does get caught up uh, in Lobo's strange, crazy plot and gets uh, and, and has something weird going on. Yes, you could. Could you As have a him be the video hero? Warner Brothers DVD? You think? You yes. think it wouldn't work? <laughs> if, uh... Exactly. I, I think. I think you have or to. Or maybe as always, the third movie you, of a set. Maybe in which you know Superman progressively takes the fight. If he's like, oh. After that second movie where they sent more aliens down, I have had it. I am going to fly to the alien planet and take the fight to them. Time to take the fight to them. That's Let's right. Or are you with me or are you against me? That's right. Because that's how they talk. And then, Kansas. you know, that's after the second totally. movie where they've spent the whole movie fighting with alien technology, Luther is like, you know what? I am also tired of this crap. I will build you a super rocket and we will both go fight them. Right? Does it transform into a giant robot? Oh, yes. Okay. Half Luthor, half Superman. Yeah, split right down the middle. Yep. Green uh, power suit with Lex Luthor. Green and purple power suit on one side, blue and yellow on the other side. Gaudy as all get out. (laughs) Um, So so no on the space Luperman. Yep. No, not not right away. No, definitely not. Focused in Metropolis or cameo appearances in Metropolis? Um... You could tell you could tell an international Superman story. Like the 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 hang up on Metropolis is a comic book hang up of having to have everything happen in the same city. I think that you could set a Superman story where they start fighting in Metropolis and most of the time they're just fighting across America. Like that is fine. Fortress of Solitude, Matthew, or no Fortress of Solitude? Not at first. I think that if you're Ooh, going to use it, you have to establish it during the movie and have it be a Part of my thing. pitch for that, like like the second uh, part of the treatment, is that at the end, he Superman salvages some of uh, uh, Brainiac. Brainiac stuff mm-hmm. and he basically builds the Fortress of Solitude largely as a place to hold information. Hmm. Okay. Um, 
but Which during the first movie, like he doesn't have animated it. series. Sure. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Oh, I'm borrowing yeah. heavily from. Sure, sure, sure. The few comic well, I, books I that really I like honestly and... think that it. it uh, to be honest, a when you watch the Superman animated series, the mm-hmm. Superman animated series, he is not the all powerful right. Superman. That's right. He does not have the ability to fly. I mean, he has the ability to fly, but not. I mean, he. You watch that show and you see all the powers that I want to see in mm-hmm. my Superman movie. That's what I want to see. I honestly think. If you wanted to tell a really good Superman story, they should take from the animated series. Yes. Find the best episode in that animated series and turn that into a full-length feature film. Now, whether that's the... Um, remember the one uh, where... Uh, is it Darkseid does come and he takes over Metropolis and basically has Superman strung out? Mm-hmm. And it's the people that rise up against the the injustice yep. and save Superman and then Superman turns around and kicks Darkseid's butt? That might be interesting. Sure. You know? Um... I just think they should look at that and not make Superman somebody who can't get his ass kicked every once in a while. Right. Right. Um, and and I think part of that problem is the 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 the, the Lex Luthor Superman issue. Is yes. That you have to have Lex Luthor versus Superman. Does this movie need Lex Luthor in it? Both sides. Uh, no. I I mean the. You want Brainiac. I want Brainiac. I, I and I do want Lex Luthor in there. I just don't right. want him as the main villain. Um, and again, just sticking to my pitch, I don't care if Lex Luthor is in there. I just don't think that you need it. The first, you know, uh, um, Batman Begins it didn't have the Joker. Right. It's not about the Joker. Right. It's not Batman versus the Joker. Yeah. You can have a Batman movie that doesn't have the Joker. You can have a first Batman movie that doesn't have the Joker. And you can have a first Superman movie that doesn't have Lex Luthor. Matthew, same question. Lex Luthor is the villain or no? Prankster. Really? Mm-hmm. As played by Mark Hamill? As played by Mark Hamill? No. Got no, me again, Flash. <laughs> uh, so who that's do you want to trickster. see as the villain, Matthew? I know, Trickster. Who do you prankster. want to see as the villain, Matthew? Prankster. Oh, I'm sorry, you said that. Um, the prankster or the puzzler? I want some completely normal schmuck who's like really, really good at what he does, who wants to face down with Superman, and Superman is like, ha, 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 silly human, wapap. And then it's revealed that, you know, the major villain is somebody heavy duty like, you know, Brainiac or Erwin J. Schwab or something. You know, it'd be a great movie. <laughs> Superman versus Ambush Bug. Well, and see, that's kind of what who? I was. I was I never gave out my pitch for an idea, but. Remember Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, where we're kind of introduced to the new gods. Mm-hmm. Could we not maybe introduce the new gods into the DC universe via a Superman vehicle and make it the dark side, the ambush bugs, the Orions, the Desaads, and make that. I mean, that to me, those are the more interesting Superman's tales because he's fighting people that have powers far beyond those of, of normal man. I think you, you don't know who ambush could, bug is, do you? Oh no, no, I know who you're talking yeah, about. He ambush, meant, but he I'm meant thinking parademons. About, uh, yeah. Parademons. I'm talking about the bug. What's the, um, parademons. No, no, not parademons. His name is, bug, his name is bug. His yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, who I was thinking of because I just bought that action figure this weekend. Mm-hmm. Ambush bug, yeah. The silly, crazy. Why not Mr. Mixiel's Pitalik? You could. Um, I think that the first, the first right, movie... Matthew, it is late. The first movie has to be Earth-centric. So you can have Parademon showing up and maybe um, what's-his-face, uh, Calabac 
Yeah, Dark Knight. Leading, Dark Side, leading the, yeah. And then, you know, that leads you into the second movie. Where did all these guys come from? Well, you see, there is a planet called Apocalypse, and we're going to come right, down right, and right. kick your butts. Well, go look at that Father's Day episode of... Mm-hmm. of uh, <coughs> Superman the animated series where he fights Calabac and we yep. don't really get the dark side reveal and until then, the and end. And then you know you can do that thing where like Calabac goes back with his tail between his legs and his dad is like you are not my son and then at the very end you know he is the one that takes out dark side instead of Superman. Get George Lucas and Steven Spielberg to direct. Yes. Get uh, Brandon Routh to play Superman and or, make or sure, John Hamm. And make sure that there is no flying only tall <laughs> jumping. Only really far jumping. Yes. Alright some questions from the uh, Twitter feed uh, really quickly. Um would you make a deal with the devil to save someone's life, Matthew? Depends on who someone is. Uh, my life. No. Your your kid's life. Maybe. Your Probably. life. Rodrigo. Maybe. Only if I could get out of it through a fiddling contest. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Luke Derideout. Uh, ask, sorry to bring up politics, and this really isn't a political question, but it is a political question. Do you think Schwarzenegger versus the EMA violent game bill will have an impact in comics, or will it even pass? Will it be upheld as constitutional? Rodrigo, you're our gamer. Go. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I haven't heard much about it. I've been mostly running around Kansas shooting volleyball okay. games. Uh, Matthew, any thoughts on the EMA Schwarzenegger violent game bill? It wouldn't be the first time that people have tried to regulate this kind of thing, and I doubt that it'll exactly. be the last, and I doubt that it'll be overly successful. I say the industry works best when it regulates itself. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. The 13th asks, best Batman rogue besides the Joker? Uh, I like the Riddler. Um, oh, that's a good question. I would say... Probably, probably the Riddler. Okay, Matthew. Uh, it's a three-way tie for me between Rachel Ghoul, Maxi Zeus, and the Calendar Man. You know, I like Maxi. I love that episode of Maxi Zeus and Batman the Animated Series where mm-hmm. he's like this not altogether there guy who thinks yeah. he's actually Zeus. I like um. I like the Riddler because he's like a more toned down Joker who has like a reasonable level of dementia. I, and again, I go back to these two animated series. I think the animated series where he's not played as the cackling Jim Carrey right. Riddler or the um, uh, George or the what's his name? See, Gershwin. Is that his name? That's my problem. And Characters. I'll say this again. Jim Carrey was playing the Joker and Jack yes. Nicholson yeah, was yeah, playing was. Riddler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the characters were essentially reversed, and that's why I have problems with the Batman movies. But yes, yeah, and, and in the animated series, I thought Edward Nigma was played very, very well. Mm-hmm. Okay, new uh, answer: the Penny Plunderer. Okay, best Spider-Man rogue besides Green Goblin: Pace Pot Pete, J. Jonah Jameson. Find me pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> Stop. That's right. Where's my Where's my coffee? Matthew, best uh, Spider-Man rogue besides Green Goblin? Dr. Octopus. Will Matthew ever show his face to the world? Well, it's on the nope. Major Spoilers website. You just have to look. Not his nope. true face. Oh, yeah, that one where he's wearing the, somebody else's face. Okay, it, have you seen the last sequence of the movie UHF just, where Philo reveals if, his true if face? People wanna, if people want to see Matthew, just go like. over to the site. His face is there. Yep. 
Just look in the about. Look at the bottom of every one of his columns. Uh, the problem is, people think that's a really old picture, and I don't look like that anymore. It is. It is people kind like, of a blurry Sasquatch style picture, and I don't know where <laughs> the the Matthew and the Sasquatch issue uh, diverge there. It is hard to tell. Any titles that you that you're not reading that you wish you were looking for suggestions. Chew. Any, you know, I, I, I guess, yeah, I guess you know I what? Was, we got chew coming up. So Matthew, you will need to read some chew in the future. It's actually really good. I, I, I have a friend every once in a while call me up and say what comics are terrible. And clearly I have a, a knack for punishing myself with terrible comics. So I kind of wish that I had been reading nemesis. Cause I hear that thing is just a train friggin' wreck. <laughs> I kind of wish I was reading amazing Spider-Man, the, mm. the Mark Wade stuff. I, I, I really kind of do. Um, but I'm not, um, Oh, you know what was interesting? Uh, B. Clay Moore was, uh, he's on the Twitter and, and he posted a question and he posted a question not to us, but just a general question. Mm-hmm. He's got a Buana Man action figure. Nice. And he goes, how come Buana Man keeps falling off the shelf? Is this some kind of sign or omen? And I had to say, uh, you do realize that, or, I'm sorry, Buana Beast, uh, you do realize that he died in the most recent Batman the Brave and the Bold episode. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I did not know that. Well, there, that explains it. Matthew, you watched the Brave and the Bold this past weekend? Yeah, I did. Did you watch the uh, Siege of Starro Part 2? I didn't see Part 2 yet. I watched Part 1. Molly and I have Part 2 Oh, well, I spoiled it for you then. I spoiled it for you then. I'm sorry. It's Um, Buona Beast. Buona Beast, yeah. Uh, Why doesn't Matthew like Twitter? Why doesn't Matthew like Twitter? Matthew doesn't not like Twitter. Matthew has more than enough social networking right now. Matthew doesn't need Twitter. Uh, why does Matthew not like Twitter? Um, because he hasn't gotten around to it, honestly. Yeah. I, say, I think I say he's a scared of it. I, I think once there's <laughs> enough incentive, Matthew will get into Twitter, just like a bear who has run out of his uh, hibernation stuff will wander out into the snow and try to bring down a um. Hive steal a picnic basket <laughs> <laughs> or steal a picnic basket probably more appropriate uh one and, more thing and trick a ranger into giving him a picnic basket <laughs> hey, we could talk like that see i'm pressing the button there he goes yeah, there you go uh one more thing if you were an action figure what accessory would be included grappling hook uh, definitely my car like uh, two female sidekicks small enough wear, to just, wearing yeah. sexy versions of my costume would their breasts be bigger than their waist and head combined? If I have anything to say about it, yes. <laughs> anything else? Did we beat but Superman? But darn it, to they'd death? be over 21, and that's what's important. Yeah, we beat Superman. To they death. wouldn't anything be dressed like they're over 21. <laughs> right, cheerleader Matthew girl? Right. Right, Catholic schoolgirl Matthew girl? Right. Away! <laughs> Super inappropriate, Matthew team. <laughs> there you go. Big, long conversation. If you want to respond, of course, there's the comment section over at the Major Spoilers website. You can head over to the Major Spoilers forum. You can follow us on Twitter at Major Spoilers or at Fearsome Critter or at Matthew Someday. Um, actually, we should create an account called... We should add Matthew Someday. At, at someday. Matthew Someday. Quick, get on that, uh, Rodrigo. I'm working on um, it. I need an email address. Anything else, Matthew, you want to say before we get out of here, before Tuesday's discussion of Rocketeer? I think that it's time to quote the great philosopher John Carousella, who said, Booker. <laughs> Rodrigo, any parting thoughts? Um, 
I, I think we may have beat Superman to death. Yay! Uh, unless, He's not all powerful. Unless it was Silver Age Superman, in which case we didn't even dent him. <laughs> and did he fly? Did he crash down? Or did he land uh, with, um, a, with a light feather touch? See, it, it, the thing is, it was it was pretty close to the 80s, so there was just a freeze frame at the end of his jump, so we will never know <laughs> and if, he was, if he was... And he's doing that. He's like doing like a high-five <laughs> high freeze frame. He's high-fiving... Uh, power girl or something oh there you go all right well matthew rodrigo love uh, you guys both we will talk with you next week on tuesday to talk about rocketeer why because we know that you love comics and we do too and we will talk with you soon if you have any questions comments topic ideas for future shows or would like to sponsor a show send an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com visit majorspoilers at majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the major spoilers forum you can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, they kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven reads like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine bee In the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers Podcast Copyright 2010